It be too late to alter course, matey, and there be plundering pirates lurking in every cove. And mark well me words, matey, dead men tell no tales. <laughs> the code is more what you call guidelines than actual rules. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. Welcome to the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, a daily podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder the Pirates of the Caribbean films one blimey minute at a time. I'm Scott Artis from scottartis.com. And I'm Heather Artis from blackpearlminute.com. Thanks for joining us for Minute 70 of The Curse of the Black Pearl. And I don't have anything else going on today. No announcements, no nothing. I'm not going to bug anybody with... Well, if I mention it, then that means I'm bugging people with it, so I'm not even going to do it. How can that be possible? You have nothing? I have nothing to say. In fact, this whole episode is just going to be me sitting in silence. That's gonna we'll be- just record ambient background noise for the next 25 <laughs> minutes, and then everybody can enjoy a nice, quiet episode. You can hear the crickets in the background. Exactly. There you go. It's like perfect. It's like you were just on the Pirates ride. of the Caribbean ride itself. But yeah. only in that one section. Just... Enjoying the time until all of a sudden you got cannonballs going over your head. <laughs> so yeah, nothing much. So I'm just ready to get into the minute and get you're, this party started. You're just chill tonight. I am. I think it's the tax beat down. <laughs> I just it like took all the wind out of my sails. Wind out of my sails. Get all the out money of out of your account. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I have no wind and no money anymore. Or all, should I say all the treasure out of your cave? Yeah. <laughs> And it was just such a nice little stash and then gone. Poof, just like that. Just gone. It's like the pirate, you know? It's almost like, well, maybe they are pirates themselves. <laughs> so, yeah, that's it. Are you ready to get going then? Yep. In the previous minute, Elizabeth Swan takes up with a mob of torch-bearing cursed pirates who are scouring the passageway to a treasure room that is not only all the rave, but could send any pirate into a gold-induced frenzy. While the crew dump their latest loot onto the mounds of riches... Pentel and Rigetti managed to take a time out to examine that which floats their boat, a couple of parasols, and also make one hell of an impression on Bosun. Minute 70 begins with Will Turner holding a lantern on a hook as Captain Jack Sparrow rows through the caves of Isla de Muerta. Off to the side lies a skeleton, not a moonlit skeleton, but that of a dead pirate complete with sword, empty chest, and dare I say, crabs. Will asks, what code is Gibbs to keep... (laughs) What code is Gibbs to keep to if the worst should happen? The minute ends with Jack and Will exiting the boat and climbing onto the banks. Jack turns to Will and gives a bit of philosophy. Not all treasure is silver and gold, mate. Just then we hear Barbosa exclaim, gentlemen, the... Dot, dot, dot. (gasps) Dot, dot, dot. Yeah, so I teased it the other day. The crabs? Not the the crabs. (laughs) That's actually what's got me down. Not the taxes. Dang it. Look what you made me confess there. (laughs) Hermit crabs, folks. Hermit crabs. (laughs) Actually, I teased it not the other day. It was yesterday. But it's the lantern. That damn lantern. That's all I had to say about it. Did you ever figure out what's holding it up? No, that's the problem. I guess that's not, obviously, I can't just leave it there and say that's all I have to say about it because I am going to have to let it go. I have to get it off my chest. 
But if I didn't waste time looking to, into this lantern hook or holder, pull, whatever the hell it's called, I don't know what I was doing. It's time now that has been lost forever, and it's not even a crucial point in the movie, yet I spent actual time doing this. <laughs> it's like... Did, did you get anything at all? You shut your mouth. <laughs> How dare you bring that up? How dare you? Of course I didn't get anything out of it. I mean, it's like OCD kicked in and I couldn't let it go. <laughs> I couldn't even come up with an official name of what this holder is called. So I, I wasn't even like able to type what this thing could possibly be into, say, Google. I had to finally let it go and I didn't get anywhere. It's a light holder. A light holder, that's the official term. See, that's the kind of stuff I was trying to type in. A lantern holder. I tried that. It came up with all kinds of other things. A lantern stick. <laughs> I didn't try lantern stick. Maybe I should have had you there. I mean, I was really interested in it because it looks like they MacGyvered a harpoon to hold a lantern. That's at least what it looks like to me. And not necessarily the whole harpoon, but like the shaft. Because if you look at harpoons of the period... You can see some that generally fit this description, except maybe with a tip or a spearhead that they have. Yeah. This one has something to hold the lantern, kind of like a hook deal. Yeah. But you have a rope tied around the tip and the line coming down. It's not... What the what the euphemisms today? I'm just going about my business. <laughs> and it wasn't even a big one. Rope tied around the tip? What kind of stuff are you into? Arr! My God, woman. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, but you see the rope I, I coming down the, the shaft. I was thinking about it. <laughs> you do. I mean, <laughs> you see it. There's this line coming down. And that way, I mean, if it was a harpoon and you managed to actually stick it into the beast, <laughs> this conversation is going to hell. <laughs> I mean, that's what you do with the harpoon. You stick the beast with it. You stick the whale. What the heck? <laughs> Then it, you can still hold on to it because you got the rope tied to it. She can't get away. <laughs> what do you mean she? Of course it's a she. Thar she blows, right? <laughs> Actually, now that I think about that. <laughs> oh, this is quickly turned for the worse. I couldn't, I couldn't... It went from G-rated to X-rated yeah, in a what of happened? seconds. G-rated to X-rated in 60 seconds. I mean, I really couldn't walk away. And I guess I should say I walked away unsatisfied. <laughs> I mean, and maybe a bit angry. I mean, perhaps it's common practice or maybe it's just an inventor who did this. I'm trying to get this back on track now. So if anyone knows out there, go ahead and post to our Facebook listeners group, the Cursed Crew listeners group, because I would really like to know what's going on with this. It looks with like the a harpoon. lantern holder, the lantern not with holder. the shaft, yeah, or not the any rope of your, or the... not any of Heather's comments just now, <laughs> but the actual like harpoon MacGyvered kind of lantern holder thing. But it really looks like they actually took a harpoon, maybe replaced the blade or the spearhead, and put this kind of hook on there, a crook or whatever we want to call it, to hold the lantern. But it looks like that, so that's what I thought. It was just interesting. It caught my eye, and I couldn't let it go. Now, before this goes any further, let's get to the G-rated stuff. And this is Disneyland. And don't we have a ride reference going on here? We do. The crab and the pirate skeleton on the shore. So in the ride, you have Dead Man's Cove. That's is right. what this, this is called in the ride, right? Referred to as a graveyard of lost souls. Okay, gotcha. Okay. 
So the cove has a beach that's littered with pirate skeletons and remains. Yeah. Like you see on the beach area right uh-huh. here. Yeah. And it says most of what was seen in Dead Man's Cove was put in the Curse of the Black Pearl. Yeah. Including several pirate skeletons and crabs on the beach with a stab skeleton. Completely taken from the ride. Yeah, I like when they do that, actually. Yeah. To throw a bone to the ride. Yeah. Unintended, I guess. Well, it's, you know. <laughs> not intended. Like I've mentioned, it was, it's was. it been quite a while, but it's kind of like the movie is almost an extension to the ride or telling more of the story oh, that's a good to the yeah, ride. That's pretty cool. You know, it, it's giving you, because there's so many references to the ride in Especially the movie. Especially now that they've updated things and have characters from the movie in the ride now, you really can't see it as kind of the ride is expanded universe for the movie. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah, so it's really, it's really kind of cool, and it, to think of it as an extension to the ride. So why is the sword still in the skeleton? Why would somebody take it out? That's it's my in point. the ride, also. I know. Is this just another cliche alert that we have here? I'm not sure if this is really a cliche or not, or if this cliche should be attributed to the movie or maybe to the ride. But it's the idea that when you see a skeleton or a pirate skeleton specifically, that there's always like a sword or dagger oh. through them that somebody leaves behind. It was in Goonies too, right? Yes. Yeah. I know, but they killed all the crew and One-Eyed Willie wasn't going to go around and taking his yeah. sword and stuff. So wh- what's going on here? There's a pirate fight or something like that that happened and this pirate died and somebody leaves his sword in this guy's back until he turns into a skeleton. Well, in the Why right- are you leaving your sword behind? In the ride, there's also one against the wall with a sword through him. I know, but that's not the point. Why are people going around leaving their swords behind? They don't need them anymore. They have so many. Maybe they're taking that pirate sword and actually stabbing them with their own sword. Well, that's possible. And you don't need it. How many swords do you need? Well, I saw another sword laying on the ground from that pirate. I don't know. There was a sword on the ground and then one in his back. So obviously, I mean, it's possible that he took another sword, the, the winner of this duel took his sword and ended up stabbing him with his own sword and didn't need it, left it there. But that's my point. Is this a cliche? Because you see that all the time. It's not just in this movie or in the ride. You do see it in other movies or other things where there's pirates, like you mentioned Goonies. Yeah. Maybe all stems from. Well, that's my point. It all came. Did it all come from Disney? I mean, the ride came before the movie here. Yeah. So we can't really say that the ride maybe is cliche. I don't know. I mean, they added it as a direct callback, which we just talked about because they did it on purpose. Yeah. But since the ride was built in 1967 or launched in 67, does that mean Disney was maybe the first to do this kind of cliche thing? And if so, then it's not necessarily a cliche for Disney or the ride anyways, because they're the ones who started it. And it wouldn't be Everybody a cliche else would for, be. The, for them. Yeah. It's, it's the, that was the, the thing. Either. Well, it depends how you want to take it. Because if the movie's replicating the ride. Yeah, but this is kind of one of those chicken and egg scenarios that we got going on here. Except this one is, who who came up with the skeleton and the sword or knife Well, left behind? The ride's been there since 67. That's right. But so other movies have done it. We'd prior have to, get to a, that? We'd have to, I don't know. We'd have to get a list. We'd have to go through and actually like watch these other movies prior to 1967 again. And pay attention for that cliche. It's a lot of movies watching. You bet. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm asking. Be- I mean, it's like this. Between this and this freaking lantern thing, I'm just wondering if I'm actually losing my mind. If I'm actually going talking cliches and trying to figure out when did this happen in this chicken and egg scenario. <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> I should ask you. Am I walking or 
moving like Jack now? Yes, actually. Oh, well, then maybe I am losing well, my that, mind. I guess nobody can see that. Yeah, this isn't a video <laughs> podcast. It's just funny when Will does it. <laughs> and you were talking about the reference for the ride that's in the movie. And they actually use the original storyboard from Mark Davis. And he was an Imagineer that headed up or worked on Pirates of the Caribbean ride. Yeah. And they use that original storyboard. Oh, really? For the... To recreate the scene in this movie. Oh, wow. Mark Davis is really an interesting character, too. And I say character, but I mean person. Because besides the Pirates of the Caribbean... He actually designed the characters for many of Disneyland's rides and show animatronics. And those include the Jungle Cruise, the Enchanted Tiki Room, It's a Small World, the Haunted Mansion, the Country Bear Jamboree, and then a number of other ones. But those are kind of the big ones that I pulled out. So he's quite the prolific Disney Imagineer. But he wasn't just that designer. He was also an animator with Disney. And that work that he did stretched all the way back to 1935 when he started working on Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Oh, wow. Yeah. So actually, he was one of the ones who mainly designed and animated Snow White herself. So he was kind of the main person for designing and animating Snow White. Huh. Speaking of the Tiki Room. (laughs) Well, there was I seen. I don't know if it's still there, but there was a bird that was outside of the ride. Uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. Yeah. And it was actually kind of linking the Tiki Room and the Pirates of the Caribbean rides together because he was out there talking. Yeah, I'm not really sure what you're talking about, but I'll I'll believe you. Yeah, there. I don't know if it's still there. He used to be out there talking. Huh. I don't know if We'd he does. We'd have to look I, that up. I'm not sure if he does anymore, but I read it in the book. Okay, so, so I'm not sure. If I guess still I have there. to believe you then. Yeah. Against my better judgment, I have to believe you if it was written in the book. This wasn't a book you wrote yourself. Was no, it? it was one of the the Pirates <laughs> of the Caribbean book I have. Well, there you go. So it was in there, and it didn't say if it was if the part if the parrot's still outside of the ride. Yeah, you know, but it it was at one point in time. I think the whole skeleton symbolism here thing, the stabbed in the back deal is really some interesting symbolism about betrayal. The whole idea of betrayal is being stabbed in the back. So it is interesting that it's right here in this cave when Jack and Will are going by because Will is already suspicious of Jack's intentions and now he is reminded of this fact when he sees the skeleton and the sword sitting there. It's just another one of those reminders that this could easily be him. And then he also says, you know, there's no heroes amongst thieves, which is a play on honor amongst thieves. I got that this skeleton kind of creeped Will out. Well, I don't know if it was creeping him out so or much. Just reminded as, him. Yeah, I think that's what it was. It was like he was he saw the well, he saw the skeleton there dead with the sword in its back, and he it was literally stabbed in the back. He's here alone with Jack, and I think that's what weirded him out. Is mm-hmm. he's thinking this? I can't trust this guy. What's going on here? I'm in this cave. He knows that Jack didn't tell him about being the captain of the Black Pearl. All this stuff is building up and he is just completely not on board with what's going on. Yeah, and then he starts asking Jack, questioning Jack again. Exactly. What the code is and... Well, he wanted to, yeah, because he needed yeah. to know too. And plus it would be interesting <laughs> to leave know. leave me behind. Yeah, well, that's what he wants to know. <laughs> and continuing on that idea, there is really a lot of great stuff between Will and Jack in this minute. And it's beyond this looming betrayal or feelings of betrayal that they're having here. When Will brings up the honor or heroes amongst thieves comment, Jack immediately reminds him that he himself is on his way to becoming a pirate. 
And this is a topic that we've talked about quite yeah. a bit before and one that's brewing for quite a while in this movie. Right. So not all treasure is silver and gold. This not only applies to Will's obsession with Elizabeth as a treasure, if you look at it that way, but also applicable to Jack and his obsession with getting the Black Pearl back. Oh, yeah. But it doesn't end there. I mean, it's just like the Aztec gold. All the main characters seem to have or they seem to be chasing a treasure. But the twist for this particular swashbuckler is that none of them are actually chasing a buried treasure or gold or jewels. They're not chasing that money. Right. Their treasure, which has been out of reach for everybody in this movie so yeah. far, at least the main characters, yeah. wow, is actually pretty interesting. So Jack's treasure is his ship, like I yeah. just said, the Black Pearl. Will's treasure, as I also mentioned, was Elizabeth. Elizabeth's treasure was once like a pirate or a pirate adventure, but as she grew up, it became Will, right? Yes. Barbosa's treasure is an apple, or that symbolic rebirth in which he becomes a real person again. He's not a cursed pirate. That's what his treasure is, is not being a cursed pirate. And it's not the treasure. They've all been chasing this treasure for 10 years. And you can also extend this into maybe not necessarily the main characters, but Norrington. His treasure is a successful career in life with a woman at his side, which is Elizabeth uh-huh. that he's chasing. And that is out of reach for him. Right. So it's all these kind of characters or these main characters that we have are chasing this treasure so far that is not a typical pirate treasure. And our poor... Rigetti and his glass eye he's chasing. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> but it's pretty interesting to think about all that, how this is a pirate movie, but they're them. not really chasing a treasure. There's a treasure, but that's not what they're chasing is not actually the, gold the treasure. And silver. It's funny because they're actually putting the treasure back. Right. They're not taking the treasure, uh-uh. they're putting it back as they really go after their own individual treasures. Right. Ah, what a philosophical moment yeah, we just had. Yeah, jeez. This, this is a little thick in here now. So speaking of Will becoming a pirate, I love the way Jack actually spells every little step out to him. That, yeah. In, in how he's becoming a pirate. And the only one he can deny is he's not obsessed with treasure. But in the end, he actually is obsessed with a treasure. Yeah, that's right. So it's kind of cool that Jack's actually spelled each step out. Well, he was reminding, you're, yeah, you're he's a reminding pirate. the audience. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's telling them, you are a pirate. Yeah. So you have this hatred for something that you are yourself becoming, which is an interesting twist on this whole kind of thing as well. Right. Especially for Will. And we've talked a lot about him becoming a pirate and his hatred for pirates. But this, again, actually, it's going to be really interesting if I in that not really go on with that particular thought. But it's something to keep in mind that he is becoming a pirate. And we're talking about betrayals and things like that and how that's going to pop up in the next minute. Because I don't know how much we'll talk about that because it's in the next minute potentially. But there could be a betrayal coming or in the next couple of minutes that we'll see a betrayal coming from Will. And that's really like another step towards being a pirate. And we should probably just talk about it then. Are you talking about... Yeah, exactly. I don't really know. So it's just some foreshadowing. I'm, I just have this I am thought. so confused now. Because, you know, I only look at the current minute. <laughs> Nothing in the future. I'm just saying that that's confused. an interesting backstabbing stuff. What about all our listeners that, well, old, that are doing this minute by minute with us? That's true. They are definitely now disappointed that, yeah. I, that I jumped on that. Because you're, you're talking about who knows what. Well, I will have to bring it up again. We'll just leave it there. So I have a question. They get out of this boat. Oh my God, they're announcing it again? Yeah. 
So they're getting out of this boat, and Will's out of the boat, and Jack's, it looks like Will's kind of holding the boat, leaning over a little and holding the boat, and Will's getting out. And you see Will's sword kind of poking out in the back. <laughs> Straight out. <laughs> what? Should the sword be poking out that Shouldn't way? Shouldn't this have been in the beginning of this minute when we're talking about this? I don't know what happened to this minute, but now you're talking about his sword poking out? <laughs> yeah. All hell is broken loose. <laughs> Will's sword is poking out. Really? <laughs> yes. But it's poking out the back. Hey. It's straight out. He's got some you medical would- <laughs> issues. <laughs> it's on his belt. Or his belt area. Yeah, but you it's I'm serious, it's poking straight out. You'd think it'd be going diagonal towards the ground, but it's actually poking depends. straight back. Right? We're gonna actually It depends how it's connected somebody. to the belt. <laughs> <laughs> no sword pokings. Because if if Jack because they're in a, a dimly lit area. Yeah. So if Jack was to... You're going to say if Jack backs up, he's going to hit Will's sword? What is going on here? No, 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 (laughs) no. Okay. Jack's in front of him. Okay. But (laughs) if Jack... I'm not going there. I didn't say anything. You're not trying to dance around your little giggling and stuff, right? (laughs) My giggling. (laughs) So if Jack was actually to exit the boat behind Will rather than in front of him, and because it's such a dimly lit area... Jack could actually get hurt with that sword poking away. <laughs> what? what is going on here? <laughs> that makes sense. I see the sword going like this. <laughs> poking straight out. Okay, that's enough. It's the way it's tied to his belt or stuck into his belt, for instance. Okay. I'd have to give... I'd, I'd, now I have to say this. That I have to give Will Turner's sword a better look. <laughs> just to see how it's connected. This is ridiculous. You can't see how it's connected. It's in a dimly lit area. <laughs> I say we leave sword play alone right now. <laughs> I'm just saying it's a little dangerous back there. That's, That's what, what she I'm said. saying. <laughs> That's what she said. They're in a dimly lit area. It's a little dangerous back there. I was just wondering if there'd actually be more sand or something on that where the water's bumping up against that. Because it looked like it was more rock than sand where they actually, the boat pulled up. No. I mean, I guess it could, I guess it not necessarily because now that I think about it, if it, this is like an archipelago kind of island. Well, it's a volcanic island. Yeah. So there is a lot of volcanic. There is some sand there. So maybe I take that back now because there, it'd be like Hawaii where you can roll up on some of the rocks and stuff like that. And there's really no sand. So I I take that back. And there was sand over by the skeleton. I said I take it back. Take it back. How dare you? And depending how deep it is right there. Would you really have sand if it's dropped off? I mean, off? with 300 gallons of water, it can't be very deep. <laughs> God. <laughs> really? Yeah. I had to go back to your 300 gallons That's comment. That's ridiculous. But I did want to actually get back to the crab. And I'll just say crab this time. That's because, good. well, there were crabs. But it's actually part of the animals here because we always want to mention oh, yeah. the animals. Do they so have names? They had no names. But there was actually an ichthyologist or a fish biologist that was there, and he accompanied the crabs to the set. He released six Nigerian moon crabs on the sand in the fake skeleton and kind of in that general area with that whole scene. Yeah. And then he stood just off camera to make sure that they didn't get lost or get hurt. 
And then once inside the cave, as Jack and Will make their way further in, you'll also see, you know, as they're approaching the treasure, that there are some more crabs that are crawling nearby. And these were the six same crabs that were used earlier. And the same thing that the biologist stood off camera and made sure that he could retrieve and gather them up. And then he brought them back home after the shoot was done. Maybe you should have became an ichthyologist. That's true. Just because it's a cool name. (laughs) (laughs) I do have a fascination with fish, so... Maybe that would have been a good choice. I seem to be just a wanderer in life. (laughs) Yeah, just a bit. You have a fascination with many things. That I do. When Jack and Will climb up into that little cove or thingy they're in. Yeah, I don't know what that would be called, like the cave opening. Yeah. You see a bunch of um, stalactites. Oh, yeah, and you then do. You, you know, it's kind of cool uh-huh. because we know this cave is is man-made. Yeah. It's not real. So it's kind of cool that they actually made those and made them look really neat looking. Yeah, they did a really good job with the whole set here. And I know that even the, who was it? I think it was Gore Verbinski and Johnny Depp were talking about how they wished that Disney hadn't destroyed the set after they were done. It was on stage two of the Disney studio and they were kind of wishing that maybe they had saved it because it was such just an incredible set, a production yeah. set, that they wish they hadn't gotten rid of it. And then they were saying, yeah, Disney's probably wishing they hadn't done that as well because it could have probably been used for other things. But right. then again, you have a whole stage filled up with yeah. this entire rock cave and how many movies are coming along with uh, you know, they need <laughs> a cave setting. <laughs> Yeah, very true. Then they would just be forced to come up with movies or put a cave in every movie that they have. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be kind of funny. Every Disney movie that comes out has has a cave cave in in it. (laughs) Just so they could use it. They could have kept it and made a live action Aladdin movie. Well, okay. But it's gone now. It's gone now. There was was an idea for Disney, but they they destroyed it. Such is life, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. I don't have anything else. That's all I have. I see we wrap it up. Okay, sounds good. Probably before things get too out of control again. I think they already went out of control. You brought it out of control. So also, I'm going to say is we'll be back tomorrow with Minute 71 of The Curse of the Black Pearl on the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute. Until then, let's keep the euphemisms to a minimum. (laughs) Yeah. What's that, Banjo? Heather's been drinking at the Faithful Bride Tavern? Take me to her, buddy. Blimey. Passed out in the mud with the pigs? Again? This sty is your second home. Heather, wake up! The show's done and you're supposed to tell everyone where they can find us, where the after party is, and how their voicemail may be featured on the show. Banjo, get me a bucket. Hey, Scallywags, while Banjo's getting some water to wake up Heather, it's time I say thanks for listening. If you like the show, give us a review on iTunes. It helps us out and we greatly appreciate it. Have a question or comment? Give us a call at 8637-PIRATE. We just might play your voicemail on the show. You can also give us a shout at podcast at blackpearlminute.com. And don't forget to join the post-episode brawls on Facebook and Twitter. If you're interested in our best of clips, you can find us on SoundCloud. All the links are at blackpearlminute.com. It's that easy.